Hello and welcome to the sermon podcast of Landmark Baptist Church, New Hampshire. I pray that this message will be a blessing to you today. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 says, Paul and Silvanus and Timotheus under the church of the Thessalonians in God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet or suitable or proper, because that your faith groweth exceedingly, excuse me, and the charity of, each, of every one of you all toward each other aboundeth, so that we ourselves glory in you in the churches of God for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that ye endure. Notice in verse 3 the phrase, because that your faith groweth exceedingly. The title of the message this morning is Growing Faith. The church that was in Thessalonica was a strong, loving, and faithful church. The believers who made up the church were clearly changed by the gospel and in fact had a reputation for Christ in the area and even beyond. In the book of 1 Thessalonians, the Apostle Paul writes to encourage and strengthen this church And he touched on faith and living for Jesus and the coming of Christ. In the book of 2 Thessalonians, the Apostle Paul writes shortly after the first letter to once again encourage and explain further about the coming of Christ in order to clear up some confusion on the part of the Thessalonians. But here in this first chapter of 2 Thessalonians where our main text appears, we see see Paul's heart and his prayer for these followers of Christ. And he often started out greeting them, of course, in the letter and kind of sharing his heart for them. And that's what we see here as the main text appears. We see Paul's, uh, Paul's words as he first starts off telling them that he is bound to thank God always for them. And we notice that in verse number three where it says, we are bound to thank God always for you, brethren. One of the main reasons for the fact that he thanks God for them, he puts in verse number three where he writes, because that your faith groweth exceedingly. Certainly it also mentions that their love or charity, their godly love toward one another aboundeth, which means it increases and abounds one toward another. But I want to focus this morning specifically on what he said, and this caught my eye as I was reading, that your faith groweth exceedingly. They didn't just have faith, you see. Their faith was growing. It's good to have faith, especially in regards to believing and receiving the gospel of Christ and trusting the Lord thereafter, but it's also important that your faith continues to grow. Second, uh, Second Corinthians 10.15 says, not boasting of things without our measure, that is of other men's labors, but having hope when your faith is increased, that we shall be enlarged by you according to our rule abundantly. And Paul was desiring and hoping for an increase of faith for this particular church in Corinth, uh, that they would continue to do what God would have them to do. Our trust in the Lord, shown by our dependence on him and obedience to him, should grow as we walk with him and yield more to Christ. Once Once your life of faith begins through Christ, then faith must continue to grow in Christ. I hope you've seen that in your own life if you've trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. And it's something that naturally happens. 
as we yield ourselves to God is we put our faith in Christ alone to save us and to forgive us and to give us eternal life in heaven to start. And then that faith continues to grow as we walk with Christ. As I considered the thought of growing faith and looked at this passage that we have today, I saw some evidence in the way that the believers at Thessalonica were growing in faith. And these are some ways in which our growing faith will be revealed as well as we continue to surrender to the Lord. So let's examine this morning three evidences of growing faith, comparing them with our life of faith, and allowing God to speak to us in each one of those as we go through them. First of all, we notice, and again, let's see what the Thessalonians had in faith and their evidence of growing faith, but also let's look at our faith and say, where am I with this? And perhaps one of these areas or two of these areas or all of these areas we would say, those are some areas I can grow in. Those are some areas that I can be helped in. Those are some areas maybe the Lord's convicting me about or encouraging me in. First of all, a testimony of faith, a testimony of faith. Look at verses 7 through 10 with me, and we're going to be going really through First and Second Thessalonians quite a bit this morning, but verse number 7 of Second Thessalonians 1 says, And to you who are troubled, rest with us, when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels, in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God, and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction, from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power, when he shall come to be glorified in his saints and to be admired in all them that believe, because our testimony among you was believed in that day. The testimony of the preachers of the word here was believed by the people of this church. Right? And we get that as we read this. They believed the testimony of Paul and those who were preaching to them and bringing them the gospel, they believed their testimony and therein had their own testimony. First, First Thessalonians 2 verse 13 says this about this church, For this cause also we thank God without ceasing, because when ye received the word of God which ye heard of us, ye received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. And so back in the first letter, Paul writes to them and said, man, we're, we're thankful that when you receive the word from us, and they, they were giving their own words, they were giving, of course, the gospel of Christ and what Jesus said, when you receive the word of God, which you've heard of us, you didn't receive it as the word of men, that this was just what men said, but you received it in truth as the word of God. And he said, because of that, it effectually, it powerfully worketh in you because you believe. You see, this truth that they received was that there is a price for sin. We read about that. Those who do not obey the gospel, it says, will be uh, put away from the presence of God in flaming fire. The judgment of God, the wrath of God upon their sin uh, will be upon them. So this truth that they received was that there's a price for sin. Everybody sins. The Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the Bible says the wages of sin is death. So they, they believed that, and they believed that Jesus was the only way to escape the wrath of God on sin. The Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. This is the testimony of those who were preaching the gospel to them. They believed that each one must believe the gospel, the death, the burial, and resurrection of Christ in order to be saved. 
So these believers and the Thessalonians believed that and received it personally. And they who received the apostles' testimony of the gospel now had a personal testimony of faith themselves. See, that's how it works. The gospel of Jesus Christ is preached. Someone believes that testimony of the gospel, and they themselves, through believing, have a testimony of faith as well. Verse number, 10 says, verse number 10 here says, When he shall come to be glorified in the saints and to be admired in all them that believe, because our testimony among you was believed in that day. 1 Thessalonians 1, 6, and 7, the Apostle Paul kind of recounts the Thessalonians and how they got saved. And he says in the first letter, chapter 1, verse 6 and 7, And ye became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction, with joy of the Holy Ghost, so that ye were in samples to all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia. And in verse number 9 of 1 Thessalonians 1, Paul says to them, For they themselves show us what manner of entering in we had unto you, and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. And so he's just explaining their testimony of faith now. Right? He went to them and said, This is our testimony. This is what Jesus did. And told them the testimony of Christ and how they believed. And then they shared the gospel with them. And then these Thessalonians, they believed. And now they have that testimony of faith that's being even heard beyond where they are. Other people are hearing about it. And how they turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and believed this gospel. You see, your belief affects your behavior. Your belief affects your behavior. They believed. And certainly that turned into their testimony of faith. Not only what they said, but how they acted. Can I ask this morning, do you have a testimony of faith? Have you trusted the Lord Jesus Christ alone to forgive you of your sin and to save you and to give you eternal life in heaven? And then is your faith growing in an evident way that testifies of the gospel of Christ? As faith grows, the testimony for Christ grows. As our faith grows in believing God, not only for salvation, but continuing to believe Him and what He says in His Word and living it, as that happens, our testimony for Him grows. And others hear and see the, our testimony. And you know, through that, as we witness to others, others can believe and have that testimony of faith. So we're seeing some evidence of how these believers in Thessalonica had growing faith because and Paul said in verse 3 of our text here, I give thanks to God for you because your faith growing groweth exceedingly. Man, it's just growing and growing. You say, what are some evidences of that and how's that happening? Well, first of all, they had a testimony of faith, right? Because they brought the gospel to them. They believed the gospel, began to allow it to work in their lives, and they had a testimony of faith themselves. So much more, as we'll see, that many others heard about their testimony of faith and heard about what was happening in this church and what God was doing. Second of all, we see a work of faith, a work of faith. Verse number 11 of 2 Thessalonians 1 says, Wherefore also we pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of this calling and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith with power that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and ye in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. We notice it says that God would fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith with power. Paul's desire 
for them is that the Lord would do his will in their lives. By the way, that's God's desire for you, is that his will would be done in your life. But too often we get caught up or consumed with our will when really what we need is God's will. We think, well, if I do my will, I'll be happy. No, as a Christian, you'll never have peace and joy unless you do his will. You can do all your will all you want. That's why people just follow after what they want, and they, they jump from temporal happiness to temporal happiness to a little buzz here and a little excitement there and a little bit of this. But what they really need is to find God's will and to do God's will. And if they do God's will, they'll have that joy and peace that lasts and that springs from within through Christ in doing his will. And so this work of faith we see here, Paul's desire is that God would do it. God's will would be done. It was a work of faith, meaning that the believers there had to believe and trust the Lord to do it through them. Often, God can't do a work through us, not because he's not powerful enough, but because we don't believe that he'll do it, because we lack in faith to trust him. It's like when Jesus went to his hometown, he couldn't do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. And often it's because we just don't trust God and we won't step out and believe him for what he wants us to do. And we won't exercise faith. You see, God's work through us is a work of faith because we have to trust him to do it and we have to yield our lives to him. That can be a scary time, but it's a powerful time as we allow him to effectually work in us as we read previously. This requires a yielding our will to God's will. And the result would be, and Paul's desire is that it would be, and our desire should be that if God does a work of faith in us and through us, that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ would be glorified. we got to understand when we're saved, it's no longer about us, it's about him. So often we can just put the focus on us. And uh, that's why uh, uh, so often we miss the Lord's will is because we're trying to bring glory to our, own, to our own selves. But notice what it says here. In verse 12, Paul says, I'm praying this for you, that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and ye in him. And certainly that ought to be our desire. Any work of faith that God does through us as we trust him to do it ought to be about him and his name and his glory, not about us. God was certainly already doing a work in these believers, as 1 Thessalonians 1.8 puts it, the first letter that he wrote to them it says this in verse number eight of chapter one you are for from you from these believers from this church sounded out the word of the lord not only in macedonia which was their immediate region and achaia which spread beyond that but also in every place your faith to god would is spread abroad so that we need not to speak anything in other words they're already testifying they're already their faith toward god what God was doing, that work in them, uh, their testimony and their witness, even in affliction to have faith and to trust God and to be patient and to do his work, sounded abroad, sounded out, not only in their immediate area, but beyond to others, perhaps who had never met them. And Paul says, we don't really even have to say anything when we come near this region because uh, you all are, are a testimony already of what God's doing through Jesus Christ. There was a work of faith going on. God was using them as they were trusting him. It was a work of faith. God was using them as they were trusting him. 1 Thessalonians 1, 2, and 3, the Apostle Paul, under God's inspiration, as he writes to them in the first letter, he says, We give thanks to God always for you, making mention of you in our prayers, 
remembering without ceasing your work of faith. And there it is again. He said, we're remembering your work of faith. And then in the second uh, book of the Bible, the second chapter, Second Thessalonians, he writes to them, or the second uh, letter in the first chapter, he writes to them saying, I'm praying for you that God would fulfill all that he wants to do, of his good pleasure, of his will, through you. And can I say, God will use us if we trust him. And that's short, that's simple, but it's, it's potent if you would apply it. God will use you if you'll trust him. Trust him for what? Trust what he already says in his word and obey. Trust as he leads by his spirit according to his word. If you'll trust him, he'll use you. So why does God use some people? Because some people trust him. Why does God not use others? It may not be a lack, it may not be a, a, a lack of talent. It may not be a lack of charisma or personality, but maybe they're just not willing for God to use them. Uh, they're just not available for God to use them. They just don't trust that God will use them. And uh, if God will use you, that means you will have to trust him to do a work of faith through you. The just shall live by what? Faith. We don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. And it's by faith, as God's grace works in and through us, that he can accomplish that work of faith. The Apostle Paul tells these believers, and we're told as well from Scripture in 2 Thessalonians 2, 15 through 17, Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which you have been taught, but whether by word or our epistle. Now our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God, even our Father, which hath loved us, and hath given us everlasting consolation and good hope through grace, comforts your hearts and establish you in every good word and work. He's saying, listen, hey, stand fast, trust God, obey what you've heard, do what you, do what you know is right, and Jesus Christ will help us. He'll give you hope, and through his grace, he'll establish you in that good work, that work of faith, and in what he's doing through you. Are you trusting him for the work he wants to do in and through you? Perhaps you're serving God, but maybe the missing element is trusting God as you're serving God. Listen, you can serve God mechanically, or you can serve God with, with, with everything planned out, and you know exactly how it's going to go, and as long as it's safe, I'll serve God. But there's another level of serving God when it's by faith. That's how God really wants us to serve him, is that we trust him. When we don't feel like we can, when we don't know how it's going to work out, when we don't know what the next step will be, uh, when we're filled with doubts and fears and we just step out by faith and just obey God anyway and just serve God anyway, uh, there's great blessing and excitement in that. Amen? And if you've served the Lord, then I encourage you, do it by faith. Trust God. If you're only doing what you think you're capable of, then that's not by faith. But if you step into a realm where it's, you know, you're not capable of it, but you know this is what God says and you know this is what God wa wants, that's faith. Watch what God will do with that. I'd rather have God doing the work than me doing the work, amen? <laughs> much better and uh, much more impact that way. Are you trusting him for the work that he wants to do in and through you? As our faith grows, a work of faith for Christ's glory will develop. As our faith grows, a work of faith for the glory of God and for Christ's name will develop. And I believe that. I've seen that. And that's how I want to live. And I hope that's how you want to live. So we see some evidences of the Thessalonica church, these believers, this church here in 
of the Thessalonians. We read of their growing faith. Paul says, we are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as is meet, because that your faith groweth exceedingly. We saw the testimony of faith, and that means they believed the gospel. They believed what Jesus did for them, and that he rose again to give them everlasting life, and they put their faith in calling upon him for their salvation. They were saved, and they had a testimony of faith. Not only did the the apostles believe it, but others around them believed it as they turned to God from idols to serve the living God. There was a testimony of faith, and then there was a work of faith. Uh, Paul prayed for it. Paul saw it evidenced in them that God was doing a work of faith through them, not to fulfill their pleasure, not to fulfill their will, but to fulfill the will and pleasure of our almighty, all-powerful God who knows all things and who can do much more than we can do on our own. So they had to have faith to trust him and to be established in that good work. But then thirdly, the the last evidence I'm going to give you this morning of their growing faith was a test of faith, a test of faith. Look at verse number four. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse number 4. <clears throat> so that we ourselves glory in you, in the churches of God, for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that ye endure. He, Paul's saying, when we're going to other churches and checking up on the churches we started and meeting with these other believers, man, we're talking about uh, your patience and your faith in all that you're facing. Saying that that is a testimony to others around, and we're seeing the test of faith that you're going through turn into that testimony of faith no matter where we go. Verse number five, which is a manifest token, manifest token of the righteous judgment of God, that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you also suffer, seeing it is a righteous thing with God to recompense, recompense tribulation to them that trouble you. And essentially saying, God's going to take care of those that are up against you. God's going to help you to endure this tribulation and trial that you're facing. That you're, This test that you're facing is not for nothing, but God has a plan in it, and you can trust he'll take care of whoever's in the wrong in this situation. But they were enduring. These believers, by the way, in the first century here were not living in comfortable and safe times. They faced affliction, suffering, and persecution regularly. Not just every once in a while. Oh, someone said something bad about me, or, or they laughed at me because I'm a Christian. Uh, no, they were facing some heavy, heavy persecution and affliction everywhere they turned. They were living in uncomfortable and dangerous times. Yet the Apostle Paul noted their great patience and faith through the tribulations they were facing. And he tells them they have patience and faith in their persecutions and tribulations, right? Those coming up against them because of their faith in Christ, but also those tribulations and perhaps just the normal trials of life or those associated with following Christ that they had to endure. They were facing it, but they were enduring. They had a test in many tests of faith. As they were exercising faith and trusting God and allowing God to do a work of faith through them and having a testimony of faith because of Christ, as they were doing that, they had tests of faith along the way to strengthen that faith even more and to reveal the glory of God in their lives. If we look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, and you can turn there, I'm going to read a few verses, turn back a page or two depending on how your Bible's laid out there. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. 
verse number one. Wherefore, when we could no longer forbear, we thought it good to be left at Athens alone and sent Timotheus, our brother and minister of God and our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ, to establish you and to comfort you concerning your faith, that no man should be moved by these afflictions, for yourself know that we are appointed thereunto. We're appointed to undo afflictions, Christian. I know it's not a, a pleasant thought, it's not a popular message to preach, but it's the truth. We're appointed to afflictions. In life, we'll face difficulties. As a Christian, you'll face unique difficulties, and you'll face some afflictions that others won't uh, understand or experience. But here's what happened. Paul said, I'm going to send Timothy, who's a fellow laborer, who's a fellow preacher, uh, who can be an encouragement to you. Paul couldn't do it, but he sent Timothy to check on them and to make sure they're okay because he knew what they were facing. He wanted them to be comforted. He wanted them to be helped. He wanted them to check on them so they wouldn't be moved by these afflictions. Verse number four, for verily when we were with you, we told you before that we should suffer tribulation even as it came to pass, and you know. said, you, you know what we are saying now. We told you, hey, you're going to face it. Just like we're facing it, you're going to face it. And especially that was true in those times. And he said, you found it to be true. For this cause, when I could no longer forbear. Paul said, I couldn't take it any longer. I needed to see how you were doing. Right? There weren't regular Facebook posts to see how the church is doing. He had to find out some way. For this cause, when I could no longer forbear, I sent to know your faith. Right? Again, concerned with their faith. Are they trusting God? Lest by some means the tempter, we know who the tempter is, the devil, have tempted you and our labor be in vain. If Paul wasn't all concerned about, and don't take it wrong as, well, I want to make sure I have a good reputation, and if these believers fall away, I obviously didn't do my job. That's not what he's saying. But what he's saying is, man, I want to make sure that you're sticking with the stuff, that you're trusting God. I want to do all I can to make sure that you understand we're going to face these things, but you can get through them with the help of God. And all that we've poured into you, I don't want, I don't want it to be lost because the devil got an advantage of you. But notice what he says. And, and you, you can see his heart, can't you? He's, he's got a heavy heart. I've got to find out how they're doing. I don't know how they're doing. I know they're facing difficult times. I faced difficult times while I was there. I'm facing difficult times on the road as I'm trying to preach Christ. And they're young believers. I know what they're going through. And he, you could sense his heavy heart. I have to send someone to you. I can't go. But he said, I sent Timothy. But now when Timotheus came from you unto us and brought us good tidings of your faith and charity, and that you have good remembrance of us always, desiring greatly to see us as we also to see you. Therefore, brethren, we are comforted over you in all our affliction and distress by your, what's that word? Faith. For now we live if you stand fast in the Lord. And that, that's a pastor's heart right there. A preacher's heart is, is I live if you, if you stand fast. And the good news is he sent Timothy and Timothy came back to the, them. Timotheus came back and, and said, hey, they're doing good. Their faith and their love is strong and they're enduring and, and, and they want to see you and, and they're happy you reached out this way. And we see the test of faith they were passing. We see that Paul got word back, they're doing well. They're doing well. As followers of Jesus Christ, we will have tests of faith. Someone said, a, a faith that isn't tested can't be trusted. 
And regardless of what might afflict you, a test of faith should strengthen your faith as you rely on the Lord to pass it. Many times it doesn't strengthen, it sometimes destroys. And that's not God's plan. The devil's plan is to destroy you. God's plan is to strengthen you. And so when a trial or test comes into your life, the devil has his goal, but God has his goal as well. So how do I pass the test? How do I become strengthened and encouraged? Well, you yield yourself to the Lord through it. You keep trusting him through it. You don't depart from him and his ways. Otherwise, you won't pass it. A test of faith reveals your faith and provides opportunity to increase your faith and to bring glory to the Lord. I'm thinking of 1 Peter 1, 6 and 7, where it says, Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perishes. Think about that as I'm reading this. The, the trial of your faith is much more precious than gold. So I, I could use some gold right now, amen? In this show, we'd like to have some gold sitting in our safes or wherever. Uh, we could have some gold, but you know it's more precious than gold, even today, because the Bible's relevant for all ages. Even today, what's more precious than gold is a trial of faith. Are you facing a trial of faith today? That's much more precious than gold. You say, why? Because of the outcome, the possibilities of the outcome, if you trust God through it. That the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold, that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found under the praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Gold will perish. Money will perish. Things we can have will perish. But that faith of trusting God through a trial, that trial that helps you become stronger in faith for the next trial, uh, that glory that, it's, that is brought to the Lord Jesus Christ because you endured faithfully and peacefully trusting God uh, can be more precious than anything else you could have. As our faith grows, there will be tests of faith that will, in the, in the end, grow our faith even more. I know it's hard to see it as gold when it's there, but it can turn into something much more precious if we allow him to do his work through us. In conclusion this morning, growing faith begins with faith in the Lord Jesus Christ alone for your salvation, grounded in the gospel. What's the gospel? The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ for our salvation. Have you put your faith in Jesus Christ? If you die today, are you 100% sure that you'd go to heaven? Not because of what you've done or because anything you've brought to the table, but because you've believed in what Jesus has already done for us. Also, we note that faith grows as we yield ourselves to the Lord day by day, independence on him and his word. The Bible does say, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You see, as you yield yourself to God, as you immerse yourself in his word, your faith will grow. As you apply the truths he says and the things he leads you to do, your faith grows. And as we depend on him and his word, our faith will grow. Growing faith is revealed, as we saw with the, the church of the Thessalonians, growing faith is revealed in a testimony of faith, believing the gospel, having that testimony of trusting Christ as your Savior, being able to share that with others, others being able to see the evidence of that in your life and heart. Growing faith is revealed in that testimony of faith, in a work of faith. Say, is God doing a work of faith in me? I know he wants to. He that begun a good work in you will perform it in the day of Jesus Christ. 
He has begun a work in you, and as you trust him, he'll continue that work, and he'll do a work of faith to fulfill his good pleasure, not our good pleasure, his will, not our will, what he wants, not what we want. There's that work of faith, and growing faith is also revealed in a test of faith or in our tests of faith. Are you going through a test of faith now? Is your faith wavering, or do you feel like the devil's trying to is attacking you or there's something in your life that's causing you to waver. Listen, allow that test to be turned into a strengthening of faith. Allow that test to be turned into a glorying of God. Allow that test to be turned into a heavenly reward as you endure and trust God through it and watch what God can do with it. If you haven't received Christ as Savior, would you make today the day of your salvation by believing in the gospel and calling out to him to save you? If you are saved, will you determine to have a good testimony of faith and allow the Lord to fulfill in you a work of faith and to turn those tests of faith into an increase of faith? Make a decision today for the Lord. That's why we're here, right? Not just to hear a good message and say, oh, that was interesting, but to say, God, what do you need to do in me today? What do I need to take from that and apply to my life? 